And the Oscar goes to... Welcome to the second annual edition of <laughs> Navin a New at the Movies. Honestly, the amount of stress I had to go through today to finally record this was ridiculous. Um, it wasn't only, even that stressful. No, not First only did I problems. have to go through your procrastination this week to finally record this, uh, when, I was, when I wanted to record it, my old microphone stopped working and usually that happens sometimes where it's a usb mic so when you just plug it into your laptop it should automatically just show up within your settings but for some reason i i had it plugged in and i moved it around a little bit and little did i know it ended up ruining the microphone and then i tried again this morning it didn't work and i went to best buy and bought a brand new one but we're all good now. I think the sound for this new mic actually sounds a lot better than how it did last year. But are you excited to once again go on this journey to review the Oscar nominees for the year 2018? You want my honest answer? Yes. I'm not excited. Well, Instagram's excited. I know. Because I did a poll. I did a vote You forced my them Instagram to do story. that. You guilt tripped them. No, I didn't guilt trip them. They want... Well, actually, I think I had... How many votes did I have? I think I had 40, 45 40 votes. 40 people voted on this? Yeah, 45 I votes. I bet you only... Four of them. Five? Four of them voted no. Even, yeah, one of them... One of those... Blah, I can't even talk today. The, one of the four people was me. So in case you're wondering, Anu's currently battling a cold... But she's she's braving the storm Disaster. to to record uh, this podcast and share with all of you her opinions. But I I did a call out right after actually the day of when the Oscars were announced about whether or not people wanted us to <laughs> podcast the the movies the best picture nominees and uh, thankfully Instagram you know and their ability to have polls uh, really made this a fun experience. And I feel like I had no say in this whatsoever. It was like 87% yes, 10% no. Of all Sorry, your followers, no. what about my followers? Of course it's going to be biased I have way more followers you. than you, so Yes, that's matter. exactly what I'm saying. It's way more biased. And chances are everyone that follows you follows me. It doesn't make a difference. Fine. Moving on, we're here now. We are here... And we were we actually wanted to drop these every Saturday leading up to the Oscars, but if you're listening to this, it's probably Sunday. And uh, but the next one that we'll do after we'll drop on Saturday, and we'll drop them. Yes, because people are waiting every no, night. That's on that's how this podcast thing works. Like, <laughs> you need to drop it on I a really, specific day. If any of you actually listen to our podcast right as it drops you, did please you let our, me know and i will buy you a on. cupcake <laughs> did, did you see our, our soundcloud numbers from last year no check this out you're, you're gonna be quite surprised <laughs> what we got a total of 10 
So. I feel like five of them. So our our were our, our, just... our WrestleMania review got almost sixty listens. Our last one that we did, one hundred and twelve listens. Then we did it fifty-two. Let's put a 40. percentage on this. How many Facebook friends do you have? Probably two thousand. I don't know. I stopped right? counting. Yeah. I remember when Facebook friends, like <coughs> back when Facebook first came out, everyone's goal was to have over a thousand friends. Okay. My analysis on all this is that nobody listens to us. Wow. So. People do because some people have even asked uh, asked me when we're doing this. <laughs> they're just they're just asking so that. I think they just like hearing you suffer. That's why. <laughs> uh. But. We are here once again for another year to review uh, the nine nominees for Best Picture for the 2018 Oscars. The 90th Oscars. 10 years in the Oscar turns 100. Wow. This year Oscar turns 90, which is insane. But, you know, before we jump into our first two movies, um, when you saw the nominees, was there anything surprising to you? Um, you know, were the movies that were nominated, were they what you expected? What were your thoughts when you saw the list uh, of nominees? So I actually uh, watched the nominations come out live. Um, During work? So you didn't do any work? You watched that instead? Hey, I was taking a break <laughs> and it was like all of 20 minutes. But <clears throat> who's the girl who actually was um, announcing the nom- nominees. I think it's, no, it's not she her. was amazing. I think she was. Uh, was it Priyanka Chopra? No, Priyanka Chopra. Oh, by the way, speaking of which, so I watched the nominations come out live, and may because of this Me Too movement, and it was right after the Golden Globes, they had for each nomination a video that supported. For example, if it was. You know, for, uh, wow, I can't even think of a category right now. But if it was like for best director or best yeah. sound, yeah. they had one female artist, so someone that is obviously famous and, you know, from every genre, whether it's music or TV um, or movies, mm-hmm. they, they enacted something that actually represented that particular category. And so I liked that, and every single one of them was female. So if, if part of me was like, is it too little too late that they're doing this now? They're just trying to cover their ass to say, all right, we respect all women, so let's just you know, have all these women on here now. But anyway, point of the story to your question. Um, can you find out the name of the person who was we actually hosting it? Because the way she said three billboards outside Ebbing, I can't even say it. I feel like I won't do it justice, but she had attitude and she had Oscar so much pizzazz. I loved her. Um, so I knew from the beginning there were going to be a few front runners, like Shape of Water, uh, Three Billboards Outside Ebby Misery. I feel like we need an acronym for this movie. What would it be? Just call it Three Billboards. Okay, Three Billboards. Um... I feel like it doesn't do it justice though, right? Like it's just that the name, the name itself is just so great. Sorry, as you were talking, I'm looking up to see who announced it. Can't find it. 
something with the K. Anyway. Kira Knightley? No, Kira Knightley. <laughs> if you look at all of the Best Picture nominees, and, and we can go through them quickly, is, you know, uh, you, you mentioned Shape of Water, that's one of them, Three Billboards, uh, Outside Ebbing, Missouri, uh, The Post, uh, Phantom Thread, Lady Bird, Get Out, Dunkirk, Darkest Hour, and then Call Me By Your Name. Like, they're all very different films and we've only seen six out of the nine we got three more that we have to watch but so far like there isn't really any recurring themes that are coming up there's certainly recurring actors i think there's <laughs> yeah. one in one in, one in particular that we can talk about um that, that shows up in, in shape of water and as well as two other movies um but yeah it's just fascinating to see just the diverse storylines as well as types of movies that are in best picture and and it's going to be interesting because it's it's it makes this category very hard to predict and very hard to really like like you like for example comparing a movie like shape of water to three billboards is pretty no, they're all going to be different for sure <coughs> i mean you know they wouldn't have gotten best award nominations if it they weren't different from one another but i also don't understand so every other category didn't have nine nominations i feel like this category had the most number of nominations yeah i i think <coughs> well, in recent years um best picture was expanded yeah and i don't know what nine. that number is but i think it's it's too many it almost takes away from that prestige that is given to the best picture the most coveted one and i find that you know it's the whole second best theory you just forget about all these other great movies that were there actually it's crazy so that happened in 2009 um best picture award category it used to only be five yeah and then it now extended to 10 and mm. then now like so i guess 10 is the limit but last year i think last year was nine as well yeah, but I find that last year, I, I feel like every single movie had an element of, yes, this is a, an Oscar-worthy movie. This year, I feel like there are some movies in there that were just placed in there either because of what's happening in Hollywood right now, and two, just because they wanted to, you know, fill up the nine. Well... There, like there were some people that were saying for example you know you look at tiff 2016 and and all the movies that got nominated last year for best picture like a lot of them were pretty 2016 big yeah i'm talking about tiff 2016 and you compare it to last year's best picture all the movies that were in best picture last year oh yeah the tiff before yeah everyone was talking about them like lion la la land moonlight like everyone was just yeah really buzzing about that this year i remember talking to a few people that I, that i knew that were you know um cinephiles like people that are very much into movies that were not really too thrilled with with any lot of the movies that were out at tip this year because they said there wasn't that one movie that you know people were just buzzing about well, um, eventually they were i think there was just people were not aware that yeah. there were these movies yeah and then you look at now, like, you know, there's probably, 
Well, there's one in particular that, you know, we've already seen, which I won't talk about here, that I'm just like, ah, you know, it didn't really do much for me, and, and, and I couldn't say it. Well, I had that last year, too, but I would say this year, I could see, you know, why some of these could be stretches. Again, we still have three more to three more to watch, so I guess maybe we can put a better lens on that on our last podcast. Yeah. But... Overall, I, I, you know, I'm pretty excited, and I think, uh, you know, it's only fitting that we start with uh, the two movies that we saw actually at TIFF. What's all on what you can and cannot say on a billboard? I assume you can't say nothing defamatory, and you can't say fuck, piss, or cunt. That right? Or anus? I think I'll be all right then. I guess you're Angela Hayes' mother. That's right. I'm Angela Hayes' mother. Mildred Hayes, why did you put up these billboards? My daughter Angela was murdered seven months ago. It seems to me the police department is too busy torturing black folks to solve actual crime. What the hell is this? Dixon, I'm in the middle of my goddamn Easter dinner. Sorry, kids. I know, Chief, but I think we got kind of a problem. And, uh, actually, you know, before we sort of jump into our review, people are probably like, can you guys just get to the damn reviews right <laughs> Yeah, now? We'll, we'll, we'll definitely make a note as to when uh, the actual reviews start <laughs> in the actual description of the podcast. But uh, you and I went to TIFF last year, and we watched... Okay, well, exp- explain every, to everybody how we ended up watching Three Billboards, because <laughs> neither you or I um, knew about this movie. Yeah. And, and I think... You know, the way we did TIFF this year was, you know, I had my selections, you had yours. It's it's very interesting to note that the selections that I chose, number one, we missed one of the screenings because we were late. <laughs> yeah, but the other movie that, that I chose too. went nowhere. Um, but the movie that you wanted to see ended up, you know, smashing it and getting a lot of nominees. Yeah. And the one that we bought tickets to by accident... Um, and it being the people's choice for TIFF that uh, you know last year, so explain to the viewers how uh, this all went down. Yeah, or so, listeners, I mean, not viewers. So uh, if anyone knows Nav, you all know how keen he is to get tickets as soon as they come out. Like it doesn't matter where he is, he's gonna get his laptop, his computer, and uh, phone all ready to go to buy these tickets. So I, I remember it was. Saturday morning or Sunday morning when TIFF tickets came out and just looking at the past years we knew that they were gonna sell out pretty quickly especially when they go on sale for the public and we tried our best to get behind the scenes and get through some sort of access and it just didn't work so public sale 10 a.m. it was a weekend I was definitely still not ready to even open my eyes and this guy's like Okay, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta buy your tickets. We gotta buy your tickets, and then we end up uh, opening up all computers that we had in the house, and we're we could see things were selling out. So we got tickets for downsizing right away, which was Nab's pick, and uh, what was the second one that we chose? Battle of the Sexes, which Battle was the, of the one that sexes, we missed. Which was the one that we missed. Um, and I really wanted to see The Shape of Water, and uh, before we bought the tickets, I just did some research online to see, you know, which was the most coveted movie and which one was the must-see, and uh, people were really buzzing about it, and The Shape of Water was just everywhere, and there was a Toronto connection to it as well, so I wanted to see it for that. So, 
I was trying to get tickets for Shape of Water and I was looking at the times and I click it and select two tickets, go all the way to the payments page and then at the payments page once I get the confirmation, it's so funny, at the confirmation page it says, congratulations, you're now going to see three billboards outside <laughs> Epic Misery. And I was like, what? I didn't even select this movie. I have no idea what this movie is about. I honestly thought when I read that title that it was a documentary of sorts. And I, th- I think you and I actually thought about selling the tickets too. Yeah. And then we were like, okay, well, let's still just go to Shape of Water. So we ended up finding tickets to it three hours after Three Billboards. Um, actually and then right we watched the trailer for Three Billboards and we're like, this actually looks pretty good. Yeah. So it ended up being a very lucky sort of a blessing i guess to get those tickets by accident and then yeah we watched uh three out of the four because for the fourth one mr nanwa missed the show time by half an hour and yeah. then we're sitting at milestones at young and done that's just like <laughs> having a drink oh, being like oh my crap God. our movie actually started at two not two thirty, and then and this yeah. is a PSA for everyone. If you have tickets to TIFF and you show up late, <laughs> they will not let you in. Yeah, they won't. They will not let you in. Those volunteers don't play around. Yeah, true. But we ended up, uh, it was actually the last day of TIFF. We, we saw The Shape of Water at the Elgin Theater. And uh, actually right before the movie began, we actually got the news um, as we were walking into the Elgin Theater that uh, the movie had won the People's Choice for no. TIFF. So, three billboards did. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Three oh. billboards did. And uh, it was it was awesome because, you know, right away, you know, there was a lot of hype already going into, you know, the movie in regards to some of the buzz that was coming out of the festival. And then it won Fans' Choice, which was awesome. And, uh, yeah, just to provide a recap, in case people aren't familiar with, with three billboards, a a non-spoiler version of uh, of the synopsis corn and rotten tomatoes let me pull it up oh god all right so this is a corn and rotten tomatoes after months have passed without a culprit in her daughter's murder case mildred hayes makes a bold move painting three signs leading into her town with a controversial message directed at William Willoughby, the town's revered chief of police. When his second-in-command, Officer Dixon, an immature mother's boy with a penchant for violence, Oh my god, Nab, you should read this. The battle is only <laughs> exhibited. Oh god. Okay, so just to translate, pretty much, uh, uh, Francis McDermott, who's phenomenal in this movie i I think is definitely gonna win best (laughs) actress uh pretty much plays a badass mom whose daughter gets murdered and uh because the town of missouri that she's from uh the cops are are more so focused on racial profiling versus actually solving her daughter's uh, uh murder uh she decides to buy out three billboards and to call the cops out and you know, the one thing I'll say about this movie that I really liked, I, I really liked the, you know, at first I thought, you know, when, when you when you hear about the story, you assume right away, okay, this is going to be very, you know, deep and depressing and it's going to be a bit of a thriller. But it was actually, it ha- it was it was somewhat comedic at times too. Like, Fr- Francis McDermott was just a badass, like a, 
legit badass uh, in this movie who was just not taking any prisoners. Um, you know, she was pretty much going rogue in her approach. And, and she I thought she was an awesome character to follow. And, and just one of those things where, you know, everyone takes loss differently. And I think because she felt that the police force wasn't doing much, she had to take matters into her own hands. And I think that was a great character for, uh, for even the audience to get behind. Yeah, I'm all about movies with a strong female lead, and she did this character complete justice. I can't imagine anyone else playing this part. Maybe Meryl Streep, but I feel like after watching The Post and seeing the types of movies Meryl has been in lately, she couldn't do this part any justice. It was this this part was totally for Francis. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, totally. I, and like, Sam Rockwell, oh my god, this guy just came out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, this is the guy who you would see in, you know, you'd recognize him, but I can't recall which movie. He was in Iron Man. Oh. Iron Man 2. He was a villain. So, there you go. You've seen him <laughs> somewhere, but you can't pinpoint a specific uh, character where he just completely knocked it out of the park and this was his moment yeah he was awesome like i you know he so he plays you know the mama's boy who's somewhat racist uh, you know that works at the police force who clearly racial profiles and and just you know really you know he's he, he's not a good cop and you know his character development in the movie is very fascinating to watch as well you know he at first is is almost an, an antagonist to francis mcdermott's character but then slowly but surely, you know, you see just how he develops and, and, and how at the end of the movie, you almost root for him. You know, as, as silly <laughs> as it sounds, like you almost I feel get like you were character. doing that for every character, though. You kind of also... had, you, I, I felt like at one point you would hate Francis for what she was doing, but you were also behind why she was doing it. Yeah. But then thinking about the society that you live in, you're you know the, the movie is all about rights and wrongs and like it even it goes down back to down to the guy who was actually renting out the billboards like there was a right and wrong and everything and how far they took it and i like that because i felt like they really showcased two sides of every character although francis yeah. was the main character i still feel like they put up put enough focus on each person that you can learn a bit more about them and where they were coming from and how that impacted the whole story yeah and to your point i find that you as the viewer get conflicted on each of the characters based on their motives yeah and and even like woody harrelson like he didn't get nominated but i thought he was really good in this movie as well as as the police chief and and you know at first you get angry because you know you see um, you know, you see Mildred Hayes' point of view in regards to her just really wanting to solve her daughter's murder mystery. And then you almost look at Woody Harrelson as being a villain. But then when you actually get to know his character, get to know the fact that he's a family man and, and how respected he is and just some of the stuff that he's dealing with, you feel very sympathetic. You, you really feel for, you know, for this, his character in regards to the amount of issues he's dealing with you know at this time uh when this you know when these billboards go up Mm -hmm. 
I thought overall this was an awesome movie. I really uh, recommend, you know, if you're going to check out any of the Oscar movies, um, you know, before the Oscars in March, uh, you know, make it three billboards. It, it's one of those, it was definitely a sleeper. Like, I think a lot of people, even, you know, at TIFF, unlike us who bought the tickets by accident, I think a lot of people were very much amazed by it. And, you know, it did really want the Golden Globes. Both Sam Rockwell and what, Francis McDermott, they both won Golden Globes, right? Yeah, this is my, by far. This is my favorite movie, for sure. Actually, it was funny. Before we started recording this, you uh, you, you realized, and I also kind of realized, too, that Peter Dinklage is in this <laughs> movie as well. Who, Mind you, I love Peter Dinklage, especially in Game of Thrones. And I thought, you know, in any movie, he's just awesome. But I, I just thought it was hilarious that... Um, that his role in this movie is like very very minor but somewhat well i i, I can't really say memorable because you, you and i forgot that he was in it but i remember like him almost being in a scene that didn't matter and then at the end you totally forgot about his character and then you realize oh yes he's in this too and he did have an important role in the plot though towards the end yeah but like at the beginning when you see him it was more so comic relief. Yeah, because I actually thought he, like, the way that he was built initially when I first saw the trailer, I thought he was, like, a big part of the big part of the movie. Really? Yeah. Well, that's it. Like, there's such strong characters in this movie, right? Like, if you just look at the cast, it's so strong that you're captivated by each one of them. And we'll talk about another strong cast later on in Call Me By Your Name, but... Yeah. That should be an award at the Oscars. Best cast. Because sometimes, right? sometimes you can't... They do have casting as a nom- category, no, don't they? they? Don't. Best casting is not... Oh. And it's funny because I feel like one of the other awards, whether it be the Tony Awards or even the Emmys, they one of them does a best cast award. And, and I think that should be... Especially if eventually we go into territory where we remove like the the gendered roles, yeah. <coughs> where you you know you remove sorry sorry the gendered categories like best actor and best actress. Yeah, I'd love to see like maybe it's best like actor slash actress and then one that's like best cast. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I think so, but I would think that if they do have that nomination, they would have to put a certain lens on it. So there's one way where you know you could have the best cast but what what how do you define best is it to say the best cast for the roles and the characters overall performances or is it more um, so you know oh it's the best cast because they got like the blockbuster celebrities no no there's a ton of movies with like a cast of amazing actors and it's really bad and it's shit yeah yeah and that's where i find that it'll be a fine line between really identifying you know who played the the best uh who was the best person for the role but anyway i hope that happens i hope it does too so that's our verdict on three billboards go watch it it's fabulous i mean sorry Three billboards outside wow. Ebbing, Missouri. See, that's why I call it three billboards, because I always butcher sure. it. If I told you about her, the princess without voice, what would I say? 
she deaf? Mute, sir. She can hear you. You clean that lab, you get out. So the second movie watched at TIFF was the Oscar frontrunner, who I think has 13 nominations. It is called Shape of Water, directed by, I'm going to butcher his name. Uh, is don't it even try it. Gilmero Del Toro? Sure. <laughs> is that how you say it? I don't know. I'll look it up. It's like a, but he directed Pan's Labyrinth. He's directed a ton of really fascinating sci-fi style movies. Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo. Guillermo. I don't know if that's the right way. But Guillermo. No, that's definitely not that. <laughs> if you know the right pronunciation, definitely let us know because I feel like I feel feel pretty bad for butchering it. <laughs> but to provide a recap for this movie, uh, in, in regards to what it was about, uh, is about Elisa uh, is a mute, isolated woman who works as a cleaning lady in a hidden high security government laboratory in 1962 Baltimore. Her life changes forever when she discovers the lab's classified secret, a mysterious scaled creature from South America that lives in a water tank. As Alyssa develops a unique hood, sorry, a unique bond with her new friend, she soon learns that its fate and its very survival lies in the hands of a hostile government agent and a marine biologist. So before anything, I need to ask you, um, how did you hear about this movie? Because you were really adamant on wanting to see it. I know you talked about earlier that, you know, you did do some due diligence when it came to TIFF and wanting to see what the best movie was to watch. But how did you hear about it? And what did you think overall? So I heard about it on Twitter. I literally just said, best movie to watch at TIFF. And there weren't a lot of... Uh, there wasn't a lot of clear direction online, but uh, Shape of Water just kept coming up as like this mysterious one that it's kind of artsy. It's a great story, beautifully filmed. So, you know what? I just go with that. There wasn't really much research to it because it only gave me two minutes to do it <laughs> before we had to go buy tickets. But like just on that point alone, do you find that people's judgment around what movies they saw they shall watch at TIFF sort of gets crowded on all the hype of that week versus, you know, some of the sleepers that were probably. Oh yeah, there. I'm sure. Like there were a ton of movies that we didn't watch that were really good. For example, mother. Yes. I still want to see it, but there were mixed reviews about it. So that's crazy because I think before TIFF had. Begun, Everybody wanted to go watch. Everyone wanted to go see mother. And yeah. now it's like nowhere to be seen. And, and, and you know, across the Oscar nominees, which yeah. is crazy. And I, don't get me wrong, I bet you it must have been, it's a, probably a beautifully uh, directed film. Um, what's her name? I'm so bad with names. There, I feel oh, like. uh, Jessica. Um, Definitely not Jessica. Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> well, Michelle Pfeiffer's in it. No, the main, the girl from Hunger Games. Oh, my God. Oh, what's, what's her it? name? Um, what's her Jennifer name? Jennifer Lawrence. Je Jennifer Lawrence, oh yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, like, she must have done... Uh, performed really well in that movie so i feel like it's still a must watch for us but yeah it just kind of goes to show that there can there's gonna be hits and misses some people will love it and some people will hate it so you just have to see what you take away from that movie i'm gonna be honest when i when we finished watching the shape of water mm. and we watched it after three billboards 
So I was comparing it to that because, you know, we were on a mission to find the best movie. I was moved, but I felt like, yeah, okay, that was a story. And it was that, but it didn't feel like I connected to it personally, right? And I think that's where most of my, um, like, I go, I select pictures based on how I feel and how they're directed and and the personal connection I have with mm-hmm. them. But, yeah, The Shape of Water, um, thinking about it three days later after that. Um, you really, you saw after you watched it, you thought about it three days later? Yeah, because <laughs> I was just not, I felt like, why is there so much buzz around this? And I didn't feel the way I did right after the movie. So I wanted, I thought about it a bit more, and then I, you know, thought about the casting, the story, um, and just the idea of, you know, this deaf and, was she deaf? Yeah, well, she was a mute, so, like, she couldn't speak. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure, she probably could hear, but she couldn't speak. Yeah, and just about the special relationship that she had with this creature, who obviously, they could not understand each other, but they somehow did with music. And I found that, you know, when when movies can demonstrate that type of relationship and those emotions without any dialogue, mm. I applaud these actors for doing that because it's just, it's hard to do that. And it was similar to do, uh, it was a similar um, feeling that I got from Call Me By Your Name. Um, where there was less dialogue, but the emotions were so real. We're not talking about that. No, movie I yet. know that. I'm just <laughs> making comparisons so that when people actually hear about our review of that, they get those parallels, right? But you know, the one thing I'll say about Shape of Water, it was very reminiscent of a Beauty and the Beast type story. Um, almost had this forbidden love aspect to it. Um, I thought, you know, personally, I'm not a big fan of sci-fi movies um i typically avoid them just because i just not a genre that i'm totally interested in um i think i only really suspend my disbelief when it comes to superhero movies it almost had a king kong yeah yeah (laughs) king kong beauty and the beast again it's that relationship with you know almost like the damsel in distress and like the the beast or the creature because you know i think uh sally hawkins who did get nominated for best actress you know she did she did amazing you know not speaking any word of dialogue throughout the whole movie um, but sort of conveying that role and that connection was was really good. Like you mentioned, you know, through through jazz music, which was awesome. Um, Michael Shannon totally killed this movie. I think Michael Shannon's <laughs> awesome. I've always been a big fan of his since Boardwalk Empire, and, and I'm glad that he was able to to really come into his own and, and be a, be a villain that you genuinely didn't like in the yeah. movie as well. I feel like that's most of his roles, though. Yeah, but yeah. They're somehow all different. Yeah, they are, and and you know, I think Michael Shannon's awesome. Um, the I, um, I think the real MVP though is is Michael Stahlberg, who that? is the guy that not only is he in this movie, but you'll oh, see yes. later he's also in uh, Call Me by Your Name, and he's also in The Post, which are both of them are also nominated for uh, Best Picture nominees. I'm, I'm you know we'll see if he's in the last three that you and I have to watch. But did he get nominated? I don't think he, he did. No, he didn't. Wow. But yeah, actually, those three movies are nominated for Best Picture, and he's in all of them in supporting roles. Yeah. And uh, no, I, you know what? I think I think the cast was awesome. Um, what was amazing about watching this movie? It was filmed in Toronto, so there's a lot of scenes that you see from Toronto. One in particular that stands out is you know Anu and I got to watch this movie at the Elgin Theater, 
you know, where we watched three billboards. We pretty much spent the entire day there, which was pretty funny. Uh, we also ended up after three billboards having to leave the Elgin Theater and then get back into line so we can grab I'm a telling seat. Telling you, TIFF for Shape is of no Water. joke. Those volunteers don't play around. Yeah, the volunteers are ruthless. But shout out to the volunteers; they make things happen. But yeah, what was awesome? There is one scene. It's not a spoiler scene, but there is a scene where. Um, you know, they show both the the creature, the sea monster, and uh, Sally Hawkins' character in the Elgin Theater. No. And we we're watching the movie in the Elgin Theater, and we all started clapping because we realized we were in the exact same theater that the we were in. The creature was in the theater. Yeah, too. the creature was oh. in the theater. Clearly, you forgot. <laughs> but a terrible memory. But you know, overall, I, I thought this was a great movie. Uh, you know, again, it, it wasn't something that I think I'd. I'd go and, and make it. like if it wasn't nominated for an Oscar. I don't know if I really would have watched it to be honest, just because that. Genre well, we didn't know if it was going to be nominated when we watched. No, it but too. you know, I think I think if it didn't have all that critical acclaim, like if it, if I just saw it on Netflix, I don't know if. I'd well, watch isn't it. that with most movies you watch? I always check the reviews before going to. Watch no, because I, I I have a certain genre of movies that I like watching. Like yeah. I like watching superheroes and wrestling. <laughs> no, <laughs> outside of superheroes <laughs> and wrestling. But I like watching, you know, autobiographical movies, like watching, you know, suspenses, um, you know, ones that sort of relate back to key events. Um, But overall, I thought this was great. Oh, Um, I do have to say, Octavia Spencer, she kills movies in that era. Last year. Yeah, Hidden hidden Figures. figures, Yeah. And then it was pretty much you transported her exact role into another industry that she was working yeah it's in. always the 60s which yeah is, which is interesting and she's also she did a phenomenal job in it as well yeah she did she did and and you know i think the one thing people will find with the shape of water is it's very it's very scenic and very beautiful in the way that was shot like yeah. i almost feel like if you take any like there was a lot of especially the colors like they were very aqua yeah focused like yeah. you saw like you know you, you saw your turquoise and your blues yeah. and your greens um, also, who is <clears throat> who is this, uh, the other actor? Uh, Richard Jenkins. Yeah, he was uh, he played um, uh, Sally Hawkins' uh, friend in the movie, uh, almost like a mentor or, or like like the boss, right? Mm-hmm. She, she works with. He's like a prop. He was also very good. Um, he had a lot of cats. Neighbor, wasn't he? No, he was. Um, she lived in his place. Oh, yeah, I remember those one scene. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of cats. Um, there's also a very interesting love scene <laughs> in the movie as well, where you got to see uh, Sally Hawkins and the sea monster. Yeah, uh, they just completely defied physics and all the sciences yeah. in that scene. I was like, what is going on here? How is that even possible? But 13 nominations. Like, this is this is insane. Like, they, you know, but you know what? In, in history at the Oscars, when a movie has that many nominations, sometimes they get shut out and they don't win any. Or, you know, this could be a situation... <laughs> Are you thinking about Jay-Z? <laughs> yeah, I think about Jay-Z and the Grammys. <laughs> but Different institution, but probably very similar. You know what we should start doing is... This might be overkill, though, but you watch a movie, and then once it gets nominated, I... Because we watch so many of them in such a short amount of time, I feel like we need to watch it again and really think through the lens of the nominations that they've received yeah, I don't know though because I I feel like if if the movie was that good, and it's so good that it gets recognized by the Oscars, we so we watched so you know spoiler alert we watched both of these movies uh, probably six seven months ago at yeah. TIFF, um, but you know I still think our our memory 
still pretty vivid. Like, I, I think if it's a powerful enough movie or a powerful enough performance, I think it will resonate No, totally. With like, I find that the best picture, I think that's fine. But the other nominations, the other 12, like, sound and all of that, <clears throat> I feel like, because there was someone on Twitter talking about, what was the movie that Hugh Jackman was in? Oh, um, The Greatest Showman? Yeah. Some people <laughs> were like, wait, The Darkest Hour got nominated over The Greatest Showman? I feel like, you know, there's just this sense of, okay, if this, like, you know, the best get the get the most nominations, but yeah. it's almost like comparing it to some of these other ones that may not be best picture, but they should still have been nominated for another category. Yeah. Um, Actually, so Shape of Water got nominated, I'm looking at it right now, for best sound editing. As yeah, well like thinking about best it. Best sound like, mixing. I don't know much about sound editing. But thinking about it, if you left the movie and if you did not know that it got nominated for that, would you have selected, yep, it's, you know, best picture, best sound editing, best this, best that. It's hard to know. Yeah. I'll be honest, as a as a casual movie viewer, those are probably the categories I care less for. Yeah. And like, I guess, you know, you almost have to be a cinephile to really think about those things. The one thing I will say, there is a movie that's nominated for both of those that in the setting that I've seen it, because it's also nominated for Best Picture, mm -hmm. um, the setting in which I watched it, I, I was like, man, I wish I watched it in IMAX because I think I would have got the full experience. We can what, talk about that later. the Shape of Water? No, Dunkirk. Oh, And we'll yeah. talk about that later. Um, but no, I, I totally get what you're saying. Like, I think it's it's more, like, just so many hours in a day. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. I'm just saying. How much time do we have? But like, think about this, right? Best visual effects. Um, we just talked about how it was so visually. Oh, it didn't even get nominated. It didn't get nominated. See, that's what I'm saying. A lot of like superhero movies, though. Guardians. Okay, but yeah, I know it's compared like, to like everything that's like digital, especially versus... like Blade Runner, Guardians. Like all those were like pretty much entirely cgi so yeah. they had to create the the entire infrastructure i know um but no i, I really love the style of shape of water i love uh, you know i always have a thing for vintage movies and and i thought you know uh del toro did a great job and and sort of creating that universe of, of baltimore even though it was very much toronto um, how do you remember these little things i thought it was awesome that again you know um that we got to watch it like in Elgin Theater, in the Elgin Theater, where which, you know, by the way, is a beautiful theater. Yeah, it's a beautiful theater. If you ever get a chance to watch a musical or a play, I would definitely recommend it. So, that's our review. I think we went probably longer on three billboards, but it's fine because uh, I think out of the two, I think you and I liked probably that one better. Yeah. Um, but we still have approximately seven more movies to review before the big oscars taking place on i believe approximately seven and we have no, seven there is seven <laughs> the oscars which are taking place on march 4th 2018 um the next episode actually that we will be doing uh we are going to talk about um you know let's change it up a bit let's talk about uh dunkirk because mm -hmm. you and i watched that uh, both on, on a flight, the on a flight, so we can talk about that experience. Um, let's talk about Get Out too. Yeah. And uh, let's talk about Call Me by Your Name. Uh no, I feel like I want to save Call Me by Your Name for later. Why? <laughs> I need some more time to gather my thoughts. Okay, so <laughs> for some reason, movies have such an impact on Anu that she needs time to to process them, even two weeks I after she's seen them. So. Three three days to two weeks is typically. Because that tells me if I'm still thinking about a movie. 
you know, weeks and weeks after I saw it, it tells me, yes, that was a good movie. Okay, cool. But, um, yes. And hopefully I won't be sick the next time. Yeah, you hopefully have to you won't deal be with sick. my sniffles and coughs and my nasally voice. But then also, I think for the very last episode, I want to do what we did last year. I want to go through predictions as well. So we'll make sure we do that for the very last episode. But the next episode, we, we are going to do, let's do Get Out, <coughs> Dunkirk, <coughs> and The Post. Yep. And then after that, hopefully by then we'll finish watching the rest of the movies and then we can figure it out from there. Cool. Anu, uh, leave our listeners with a final thought. Oh, God, why do you have to put me on the spot like that? <laughs> um, just go watch both movies. These two movies are a must-see out of all nine of them. Um, so definitely go watch them. And hey, if you have some opinions that you want to share in regards to these movies or any of the movies you review, let us know. And maybe, hey, we may just have a guest speaker. <laughs> guest on the podcast? Yeah, why not? Hey, why not? We we'll can give you guys shout outs over the next few ones. Yeah, let us know your opinions. Um, again, uh, knowing that a lot of friends and family forcefully listen to this. Um, <laughs> I also know a lot, of, a lot of other couples and a lot of other individuals that are also doing the exact same thing. Um, they're also doing Oscar movie marathons. So let us know your opinions. We'd love to hear them. Uh, we'll definitely address them as well. You know, if we get any opinions, maybe we'll start the next episode sort of speaking towards some of these thoughts that you've shared. But uh, yes, thank you so much for tuning in. Again, check us out on iTunes uh, under the network podcast. Check us out on SoundCloud. I think, you know, be, I think through the network podcast, I'm on other platforms too, like Spotify and all that too, which is pretty cool. But check us out. I'm at nnanwa on Twitter. Anu is at Anu Singh underscore. Yes. Underscore at Twitter. <laughs> She's at Anubu on Instagram. I'm at navnanwa at Instagram. And then don't Facebook us. Uh, don't Facebook. And we're us. not gonna have a couple Instagram name. So. <laughs> if well, if you, if you have a couple's Instagram, nothing wrong with that. Just. Anu and I, Anu doesn't have time to manage ours, so it's fine. <laughs> I don't have time to manage. You can manage it too. Okay. Thank you so much for tuning in to the very first episode of Nav and Anu at the movies. Should we leave them with a song? What's a song you like right now that we can play that we can just like end it? Doesn't have to relate to the movies. Just I don't pick know, a song. Just surprise me. I was going to say Call Me By Your Name. No. Why, just, I'm why, telling why, you. That, why would you play that? I don't know. <laughs> it's so good. Anyway. Let's end it with a song. What's a song? Okay, fine. Here is, um, you know, because because it's not off, I'm not made for an Oscar yet. I've been really liking the black man. No, and so how is that?